G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Back today with everyone's favourite co-host, sitting next to the great man, J-Lo. How are you on uh, April Fool's Day? First of April, how are you going, mate? Oh, I'm bloody crap. Ah, <laughs> it's April Fool's. Nah, fine, mate. Just trying to get through this whole crazy life that we're, we're a part of. No sport, so it's a bit of a testing time. Um, you know, no sport and no... It's a it's a lot of a it's a lot of a testing time. Uh, funnily enough, with the exception of my six minutes I recorded yesterday, the last podcast I recorded was when uh, we sat down, and obviously, shitloads has changed. Uh, <laughs> not only in the sporting world, but uh, in every walk of life since that uh, point in time. Let's. I don't want to get stuck and bogged down talking about the Rona, hmm. but. What are your two cents on it so far? How It's obviously dramatically changed everyone's lives. We're basically locked inside uh, for the foreseeable future. It's shut down our sporting. It's shut down a lot of people's social activities. We don't have footy to go to, which was a big uh, release and took up a lot of our time. So how's it impacting you so far, do you think? Mate, personally, it's been great. I've d- I'm doing less work than I've ever done. <laughs> And I'm working more on the things that I want to work on than I ever have. No, so that is good. I actually feel good, um, especially because we're young and healthy. I feel a little bit more secure, but mm-hmm. I just sort of want this to be over and get back into sport and get back in a bit of a normal routine. But it's not it's not the worst. I think we were saying a bit earlier, it's just, you just sort of find yourself just being like, oh, I'm just a bit bored. Like, I wish there was one other thing I could do, like just talk to someone or... Yeah. Watch a movie. Or, Relatable. Yeah. Good news. Uh, I'm going to be ramping up the podcast and YouTube production in the near future. So there's going to be plenty to discuss. We're going to probably talk predominantly basketball stuff and a little bit of NBA awards. Maybe touch on the footy and uh, AFL fantasy teams. But before we dive into those specific things, let's talk about the NBA and the AFL as a whole. Because obviously, neither of them are in action right now. The NBA right about now would be ramping up towards the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think there'd be about a week or two left of the regular season, and then obviously footy, we'd probably be gearing up for the third, fourth, third weekend, something like that. I lost track. Yeah, every day feels like a blur at the moment. Yeah. But um, from an NBA perspective, do you do you think it's wise to obviously want to try and salvage the season because they've played three quarters of it? Mm. Would you rather see them not rush? That's not the right word, but try to quickly figure out a way to find and define a champion for this season, albeit probably in a weird fashion, or do you think the smartest move is to probably just draw a line through the rest of the stuff that they had lined up and then just focus on getting the off-season and wheels in motion and then turning potentially the 2021 season into a normal affair? So hard to tell. I mean, um, I, I, you would love to see an outcome. I, I don't know if there is, if there has been a year where there hasn't been an MVP. I don't think outcome. so, no. Uh, there's none that I've noticed anyway. Um, so it would be a bit of a sh- shame. Obviously, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Well, hopefully it is anyway. So yeah. I kind of think uh, yeah, I kind of think the best way to go about it would be to be would be try and try and get a result but obviously we really have to wait and see how this yeah. thing develops it could be a nine month thing we might miss out on the off season and like is when's the new cba up pretty sure that's pretty soon right so on that yeah actually. i'm pretty sure that's quite soon as well so there's that comes into play it's going to affect all the wages it's going to affect so many things all the sponsors, how many people are going to be watching, who has, will people have money to go to games? Yeah, it's going to true. change the economics of all of this. So it's it's so hard to say. I would love to see an outcome, I think. Um, 
But it doesn't look like we'll be able to do that. No, I think the off season would be due to start. Yeah, so. I think I'm like realistically prepping myself in most sports that this season it's just been a bit of a wash, a bit of a write off. Yeah, I mean, it would be awesome. There was a lot of the popular. Um, like ESPN reporters and other NBA personalities have talked about potentially a five to seven game end of the regular season and then roll straight into the playoffs. But I listened to this massive um, LeBron James podcast the other day and he was talking about how for as long as he's known, NBA players annually gear themselves up to be peaking Mm. at this time and around June, and especially him. But obviously with the last, when it's been about a month, the league's been suspended now, roughly. Yeah. Ballpark. Maybe a little less. Yeah, so obviously if they haven't been not only playing ball, but they haven't been conditioning and training the same way, mm-hmm. they haven't been involved in like as many... Yeah, mentally they will be quite different. So I think if they do try to get a champion or an outcome, I feel like it would be a bit of a... Obviously it would come with an asterisk, but you do wonder, it's like, oh, is it even worth it? Should they just almost draw a line through it and be like, right, it's not happening? Because there were talks of them going to try and have the playoffs in like one stadium or city or whatever and just locking down all the players and personnel. It's like, good luck. That'd be what? Roughly, say like 20 to 25 personnel per team with like, yeah, eight teams in the East, eight in the West. And then like when they get eliminated, do they have to then like self-isolate again or what? It seems seems very messy. Too many moving parts. I think so. Potentially for the NBA as well, but... The AFL, I, I do have some faith that we can get a form of a season. I mean, there is talk of them potentially playing late right up to the end of 2020. Mm. I know that Gil has uh, effectively ruled out playing on Boxing Day because, uh, in his own words, that's a cricket day in Australia. But they haven't, they've talked about potentially a grand final on New Year's Eve, Christmas. Again, this is all that'd speculation be, and rumours. It would be awesome. And they want to play a 17-game season. So, effectively, they're going to try and squeeze... 16 remaining games, plus a over a f- which, if you play once a week, is a four-month period. Four months from now, we'd be sitting at you know roughly where the season would usually be ending, yeah. around the October mark. But, yeah, I can't see anything changing. There's no way. There's no yeah, way. I can't see anything changing there. for the better for the next like month or two. Unless, so. unless The only way I feel like the AFL could potentially go ahead is if they figured out some sort of... Play like lead in, maybe say six games, which isn't enough. But mm. say it was six games, and then you go into a tournament. That it would be the only way I could potentially see it. And you could do Victoria versus the rest, or something. Yeah. On each side of the bracket, but it's it's so there's there's no way to. I guess they they would be thinking about this all the time at AFL House. Yeah. And, oh, actually, no, they wouldn't. No one's even allowed there. <laughs> But obviously, Gil's just sitting there all night. Isn't that Gil's house? AFL house? Yeah, he is. yeah, I'm pretty sure he yeah. He just lets in, lets people in every yeah, day. Um, yeah, I, like obviously they'd be racking their brains, but it, there doesn't seem like any way that you can do AFL and the history of the AFL and the history of the sport enough justice. It feels like it would, you know, there would always be that asterisk. Yeah. Like it's not like an NBA lockout season. At least that's a fair playing field. But uh, uh, and that's the thing. Coroned. I remember um, Bill Simmons like very early on in this whole Corona situation talking about we've always had or sometimes we've had like delays to the start of the season, mm. but we've never had something that's effectively going to impact the end of the season. Yeah. So, yeah. I think as sports fans, we need to mentally prepare ourselves for the fact that this 2020 season in all 
sports is pretty much going to be uh, a wash. Luckily, we, we probably we will be able to get a 2020, 2021 NBA season potentially, yep. which yep. is nice. So you still get a bit of basketball this year. I, th- I think that's a good thing about the NBA, how it's sort of split over the seasons. Uh, sorry, the year. Yep. Um, you get two halves of the season. So I think that, that could work. That's something to hold on to, but... Yeah, we might be waiting till 2021 for the AFL, which is why I'm kind of like, is it worth talking about it? I know, yeah. yeah. I, have you made any... We'll, we'll dive into NBA and NBA awards, but have you even opened up AFL Fantasy since round one ended? Like, I, you looked at I your score opened, and that's about it? Yeah, I opened it once. I, I was like, oh, I'll try and grab this guy in the draft league, but it's... No, I haven't looked at yeah, it. Yeah, it's a shame. But hopefully, we'll uh, ramp it up and get you in, dive into a 2021 season that's yeah. a bit more normal. Good news is that we've got... A 60-ish game sample size of NBA basketball, which I think is a fair chunk of the, what, two-thirds of the season? Or three-quarters, rather. Mm-hmm. So that's plenty to make some award picks, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I dove through and released on social media my award picks, I think on Monday, ballpark. Um, most of them are pretty popular, pretty mainstream picks, but I did dive into a couple of them specifically and deter from the normal guys, like in the sixth man for regards. I didn't really want to pick Lou Williams for the 19th time. Not that he's been... Would be under- his first three-peat. Oh, didn't know that. Would be your first three-peat and sixth man of the year ever. Well, has he got three but not in a row? Is that... Yeah. yeah I think don't. he might even have four. <laughs> I have a hunch that he and Jamal Crawford have three, but... Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Hopefully, uh, speaking of Jamal Crawford, this layoff... Uh, let someone be like, oh, maybe we'll uh, pick him. And he's going to be just getting himself in a ripper shape. And then those two can clash heads for the six-man award uh, for years to come. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah it's so. not going to happen because I think Jamal Crawford's... Is he in his 40s, late 30s? He'd be pretty close, yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he probably won't be winning any more six-man of the year awards. Lou Will, maybe. Montrez Harrell is another dude to consider. And there's a lot of other candidates, depending on which way you want to go down the uh, most improved one. But... Mm. Harping back to sixth man, I gave my award nomination and award pick to Dennis Schroeder, mm-hmm. who has been a huge part of OKC's success this year. Obviously, Billy Donovan has kind of been the driving force behind it, mm-hmm. but Schroeder's averaging nearly 20 points a game. He's started one game, but every other game he's come off the bench, and they've opted to roll with a three-guard rotation a hell of a lot with Shea and Chris Paul as well. And at times we've had two of them. At times it's been all three. And I think it's really worked. So I decided to uh, go a little bit outside the box and give him a nod. But I think you can't really go wrong with either of the Clippers duo. Um, I don't can't really think of any other serious candidates. <clears throat> I read somewhere else um, someone floated Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, just yeah. for the yeah. actual role he I can plays. Say that. Like it's, it'd be, it, I think it'd be really interesting if people started to look into it a little bit more in terms of like, oh, ha- does this guy play this this role really well like obviously there's the stats but what does that guy offer defensive edge off the off the uh, bench or whatever so yeah uh yeah divincenzo is one that i saw floated i would probably go with trez harrell um, yeah okay although the the romantic in me would love to see lou will get back to back to back um because that'd just be so great that i love watching awesome. i love watching things for the first time like that's why i kind of want lebron to be better than jordan mm. um that's why i kind of want someone to be better than LeBron and Jordan, so I got to watch it, um, because obviously we kind of missed Jordan. Um, So, yeah, it would be nice to see Lou Will go again. But I think Trez, I think he just is an an animal. He's like, shoots an unreal clip, plays defense, finishes games on the the court anyway, Um, and just what he does for that uh, second unit on the Clippers, when 
They've got those two big dogs resting, him and Lou Will. It's, it's a shame you can't split it between those two. I know, guys. yeah. that's And that's part of the reason that I steered my pick towards Dennis Schroeder because mm-hmm. I was like, ah. Oh, how do you really even pick the, between the two? Like like you said, Trez is shooting at like 58%. I've just got up some of his numbers now. 18.5 points a game, yeah. seven boards. It's pretty unreal considering <laughs> he's only started in two games this year. The rest have been off the pine. So I'm a big Montrez Harrell fan. I'm pretty sure, I'm just going to double check, that he's a free agent this offseason as well. Mm. So obviously if he comes off the books, someone's going to pay him because I think he was on a... Here you go, yeah, he's on a two-year, $12 million deal. Oh my Absolute bargain. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, once he does come off the books, someone's going to throw some serious coin at him. And with Kawhi and Paul George, and I'm trying to think who else would be cheap. Pat Beverly's not on a cheap deal. Mm. Lou Will's earning about $10 million a year. Yeah. Don't know if they'll be able to keep Harrell around, which could impact, uh, could see like Kawhi and Paul George after two years be like, well, this isn't really the team that uh, we thought we'd have. Catch you later. But they will... Uh, potentially have their own stadium because Balmer bought um, the Inglewood the fo- uh, what's forum, that? The forum, forum, yeah. forum in Inglewood. So that's pretty cool. That will like, be cool. I kind of like that they're taking the Clippers kind of to that sort of, you know, that area as yeah. well. It's not like just all downtown LA or it's it's cool that they're going to Inglewood. So that'll be really fun to watch. I like the boys there. It's probably where they grew up. So it's true. Cool yeah, good point. Up. Yeah. Uh, rookie of the year can only pick Jarmorant in my eyes maybe if we got the full season you could make half a case for Zion but I think considering he if he had have played the rest of the season would have played about 30 games and Jar hardly put a foot wrong for 75 plus dragged his team to the playoffs literally yeah they yeah if there is a playoffs he would have uh, that would have been wicked watching them go against the Lakers but anyway I digress Uh, Billy Donovan was my coach of the year award nominee for previous uh, things I've talked about. Did want to go Eric Spolster for part of the world. Don't yep. know why I just butchered his last Spolster. name, but good on Spolster. Um, but yeah, I gave it to Billy Donovan. Cl- uh, tied with the Clippers for the second best record since All-Star break. I think Thunder were just starting to peak. They were in and out of the top four in the West over the last like week of the season before it got canned. Would Billy Donovan be your pick as well? Uh, no, I think my pick would probably... Look, if Bud got to 70 wins... Hard to go past Obviously, it. he wins it. Um, probably even 67 and above, yeah. I would give it to him. Um, but I really like Nick Nurse, honestly. Oh, yeah, true. Kawhi, gone. Lost Danny Green. And they're still just like this... Haven't missed a beat. Te- they, really, they really haven't. They look they look almost as good as last year, honestly. Serge and Gasol have both been hurt for chunks of the year. Pascal's Lau- missed some as well. Yeah, Lowry so, missed some time. Mate, like, I just think what they're... Uh, Van Fleet's been missing as well a little yep. bit. So, yeah, I think what they've been doing is unreal. Um, and I'm just looking at your your background on your laptop anyway. So, Toronto, so it works out <laughs> yeah. well. So, I'll go Nick Nurse. Hey, I'm not going to put up uh, put up any arguments for uh, a Toronto dude. Norman Powell has... Uh, Definitely improved throughout the year. He, I think they said, jumped his scoring up from eight points to nearly sixteen now, which saw him getting a little bit of buzz in the most improved oh, yeah. conversation. But it's again, like I said, it comes. I think a little bit down to what you like when it comes to the most improved award. I never like picking a second year dude because obviously after your rookie year, you're kind of expected to come back in year two and be like, all right, I know what to expect now. There's some leaps like Luca and Trey, for example, that you're like, this is ridiculous, like launching into superstardom. But I don't usually want to pick someone in year two. 
who's, like I said, just got to learn the ropes and now they're uh, vaulting up the stand uh, up the rankings. I'm trying to read and do same thing, two things at the same time, and absolutely butchering it. I picked Brandon Ingram as the most improved player. Although after picking him and then doing some like looking back over some of the other dudes, I would probably have changed my vote to Jason Tatum based on what I'd seen post All Star break and what I expected him to do in the next twenty odd games for the Celtics. But Ingram, like I said, in his fourth season has. Absolutely launched himself into all-star territory. He's averaging like nearly 25 points a game. While the Pels were missing Zion, he was just putting up serious numbers. So big Ingram fan. Took a little bit of time to get there, but I think the leap that he took this year was pretty impressive. Uh, Again, you could go down a number of different pathways. DiVincenzo, you could honestly maybe even throw in the most improved award. Shout out to... Don't know about that, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a stretch. Uh, there's a, there's a few couple of guys that I think you forgot. Um, one, uh, probably the almost the guy who I want to pick, but I'm mm. not going to is Bam Adebayo. Yeah, um, obviously a lot of things opened up for him pretty nicely. Ingram is like all year has been my pick um, until I, I sort of sat down and thought about what like you know you asked me to think about mm, who my yeah, picks yeah. would be, um, and I'm, I agree with you. Second year player, no go, but Luke has taken just yeah, this okay. astronomical leap. And I think I, I like to put it as I don't usually go second year players either, I'm, but I'm open to doing it because I think it really is who improved the most. Yeah. I don't care if, like, because Brandon Ingram should have done this in year two, let's be honest. But he had Le, the LeBron factor in as it was tumultuous in LA, but he, he still should have put it together. Yeah. There's a second pick overall. It's like pretty much the exact same spot as Luca, you know, like, but Luca has just gone boom. And Trey as well. So I'm going Luca. He's gone to a, like a MVP caliber guy. Second year, he's 21. Um, what did he average last year? Like 20 and. 20, I want to say like 5 and 6 or yeah, something like that. Something and like yeah, that. now he's close to a 30 point triple double. 30, so 10 and 10. And then, yeah, you could obviously make a similar case for Trey, but considering how bad he is on defense and how crap the Hawks have been, yeah. a lot of people would probably hold that against him, which yeah. obviously he can't control how much they improve, only how much he improves. That's but, it, that's it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going Luca. You can go down, like I said, tons of different pathways. Can't really argue with a Luca pick. Mm. Defensively, I went with Ant Davis uh, for the Defensive Player of the Year. Gobert, Kawhi, Joel Embiid, all those names floated through. But I think Ant Davis has not been the front runner all year, but in my eyes, I think has been the best defensive player, or one of the best defensive players. And you could really make the case for like four or five dudes on any given year. He's impacted, like considering what the Lakers were last year, to how they're playing this year. I think the addition of Dwight Howard has really helped them. And JaVale McGee's been pretty solid as well. I think he's actually started most of the games at centre, but Ant Davis has really been the difference maker from a defensive end inside the paint. But again, half those dudes I mentioned just before are uh, solid picks as well. Yeah, it's a funny one. I think that Embiid and Simmons deserve a little bit of credit. Um, and I'm always I'm always so tempted to... Well, I always want to try and pick... Uh, a guard, not mm. a big man. Yeah, I like um, picking guards as well. I it's, reckon... Even wing players like Kawhi, I would rather oh, yeah, see win. Yeah, yeah, anyone but a, a big. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was just literally about to mention Kawhi. I think he, if, if he kept going all the way to the end of the season, I reckon he might have got it. Mm-hmm. I think he really stepped up in the back half. Um, worth mentioning LeBron, I think. 
Yeah. Because he's he's gone to another level. And I, but I oh sorry, defensively. No, he's returned to his previous yeah, yeah. level. Yep. Um, it'd be great to see LeBron win one. But I think the one thing about Ant Davis and the reason I wouldn't pick him is because the Lakers as a whole have been so good. Like, like I say, LeBron's played really good defense. Caldwell Pope, great defender. Rondo, great defender. Uh, like, there's plenty of guys on that team who bring the defense up. True, yep. At, like, by themselves. So, I think for that reason, I would probably go against Ant Davis and probably honestly go go better again. Yeah. Um, What's easy? Back-to-back winner? Or would this be remember. back-to-back? I, I Honestly, I, I've sort of... It's got a little bit lost in the... Uh, in the Rona, to be honest. I'll, uh, I'll get into that uh, search. Who's your MVP? Because I adamantly all year have petitioned for Giannis and only Giannis. And even though LeBron was starting to not peak, but time his run mm. and could have made it an actual race, I still think Giannis is the only dude you can go with. Uh, I Yeah, it's, it's hard. Up to this point in the season, it's Giannis. Um, and it really... Luca looked like he could be challenging for for a bit, um, but really it, it can only be Giannis, best player on the best team, putting up probably the best stats. Um, but I do like I do think LeBron could have maybe got there. Obviously. Yeah. By the end, like if he had those extra twenty, would have had the narrative behind him, and and he was playing great defense. I, I um, passing the ball better than he ever has. Still doing the exact same thing board wise, scoring down a bit, but. You know he could be scoring 30 if he wanted to. You sort of watch him out there and you're just like, better shooter than he's ever been, taking less shots than he ever has, yeah. probably converting. Actually, how's he converting in the line? That's one thing I haven't looked. But. Um, I want to say in the low 70s. Yeah, okay. Not um, great, but he's never been that good from down there. So That's I, true. I, I would have liked to see LeBron get one in LA. Um, and I think if 20 more games had passed, it probably would have. I wouldn't have felt bad about giving a vote against... Giannis the favourite. Yeah, true. Realistically, it's probably got to be Giannis. And you, good on him. Back-to-back MVP. Haven't seen that for a while. So no, true. That's cool to Only see. the 12th player in NBA history to do it. Steph Honestly, Curry was the last one. Oh, that's right. Um, I forgot about Curry. But yeah, with the exception of Curry, I think it was... And, you know, you go back to Curry, LeBron, and then there was a period where, like, Nash and... Who else did Duncan it? Duncan did it. Yeah, I think Duncan did. Yeah, did. Um, for what it's worth, LeBron shot 69.7% from the line this year, and Rudy Gobert is the reigning two-time Defensive Player of the Year. So, okay. would have been a uh, hat-trick for Rudy, but unfortunately... Oh, they might, they'll probably still hand out awards, yeah? I think they will. Yeah, yeah he think, might still get it, actually. I'm pretty sure I uh, saw that they, Adam Silver said they'll still do it. Yeah, so, cool. that's good news. Um, I guess they, they don't want to do that until the last second, though, do they? No, you're right. Once will, that... they, will they push that? Is there potential? I guess no one knows. Is there potential that they'll push the NBA season further back to finish it? Or do they have to stop when when free agent... Uh, sorry, when the draft was kind of... Changed? No, I, I think Could they, they said they can push it. I think... I remember reading... I can't remember the exact timeline, but um, Adam Silver did point out, oh, I want the season to be concluded by this point and I want to say that it was like around the time that you'd be having the draft and all that so who knows they might have potentially pushed everything back but I guess there's no reason you couldn't draft while this team's still playing in the NBA like playoffs yeah well they do which still baffles me they do the draft before free agency so even yeah even if yeah the finals or playoffs pan out a certain way that might dictate how some people and players um, make their minds up free agency wise but it wouldn't obviously like you said affect the draft a lot oh that's good news at least 
And let, get those kids in out of the college system as far yeah. as possible. Yeah, you see that uh, they awarded win, uh, spring yeah, college yeah. athletes another year of eligibility, but not winter ones. So no they, basketball dudes, which is probably, yeah, I mean... They'd finished. They the were season. at the end of their season, they'd, so it makes most, sense. They'd finished their, like, they'd done all their conference stuff. So yeah, if, they had, a lot of the seniors had senior night, and, like, the dudes yeah. that were going for the draft knew they were going for the draft, so... Yeah, it's a bit of a shame for those seniors maybe wanting that one more one more shot at the you know winning the whole thing. But let's be honest, what what are the odds of actually winning it winning it anyway? Yeah, like, true. Yeah, so, only one team can win it every year. So it. yeah, there's a couple of other different things you could dive into in the NBA and the AFL actually. But this the point of us sitting down again was basically to get the ball rolling. Yeah. But talk about some NBA awards. There's unfortunately not a hell of a lot else to dive into. No. I think what we're gonna do. For the next couple of weeks and months, we'll start to look at like some old classic games and some old rivalries, bits and pieces like that, unpack them. I know that <laughs> randomly we got stuck talking about Game 7 of the 2005 NBA Finals, which I completely forgot the Pistons and Spurs met each other in the Finals. Yeah. So we might walk down that path. Uh, one little nugget I want to leave you with. I've been doing a lot of obviously, going back and looking through old shots, old highlights, old games to find content to post. And a couple of times I've stumbled across Ray Allen's Epic 3 that basically saved Miami's uh, championship in 2013. And then the Kawhi Leonard shot just last year is another game winner in the playoffs that is talked about as arguably the best clutch shot ever. Bounced off the ring four times in a game seven and took them to the next round. If you had to pick one of those two to the final, no, oh, no that they, was to take on the Bucks, yeah. So if you looking at those two, obviously raised three, tied the game, and then forced OT. They went on to win Game Six mm. and then Game Seven and win the chip. So it's essentially a. I think there was about four seconds left when he took it. So yeah. it's a, when you think about it, a championship saving shot. Mm. However, Didn't after Kawhi's four bouncer, we saw the tear that he went on. Obviously, you can't really say that that shot won them the championship. He was already averaging 30. Yeah, but he yeah definitely gave them momentum and they built it from there. Yeah. They had to pick one. What would you say is the... I don't know how you'd word it. Yeah, like the know. better shot, the more iconic shot, the more, let's say the most, the more important one in NBA history. Oh, it's... Can't really pick a loser, can you? Nah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a win-win. Um, I think I like... Um, Kawhi's just because of the photo. Yeah, um, true. Honestly, like, and how it's sort of weighted and then the crowd it was in Toronto. Um, I thought that was cool. Because didn't they go on the road to win it? Uh, this is Miami. On the road to win it against the Spurs? I think so. Because, yeah, game six was in Miami, yeah, which so, probably means game seven would have been in San Antonio. I don't know. It's uh, I, I'm just going to... I'm going to say the Ray Allen one because it was in the finals. But, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And the other thing is, the because the, the Kawhi one bounced, I'm kind of like, <laughs> eh, you know, like, is it a, that bit, was a bit, yeah, of luck. bit of luck? Whereas Rayon just bullseye. When you watch it from the like reverse baseline camera, and you can see, like, it hits the, the first time it hits the ring, you're like, oh, that's like going backwards, yeah. like back the same way it came. It's not rolling over, but then, yeah, unfortunately so, for uh, Sixers fans, ball didn't bounce their way. Uh, have you done your AFL fantasy trades? No, no. I've, uh, I'm thinking I'm trading out Jack McRae, bringing in Lockie Neal, uh, getting a rookie off my field and turning him into Jacob Townsend. Well, 
I love that idea. Uh, it's a shame I, it'll never come to fruition. I get to see it. Do you want me to add anything to that? I don't know. Is it Not at all, mate. Uh, that's going to do it. I reckon half an hour is solid enough. Little episode. We'll try and come up with uh, more ideas to talk about. Oh, Definitely yeah. be doing some rewatchable stuff. I got heaps. Definitely be diving into um, a potentially best players of the decade, players of the century, teams of the century. There's thousands of things we can talk about. A, we got a hundred years of sport to talk this about. This is now. true. Yeah. If there's anything uh, Sportsby fans that you want to listen to, feel free. Hit us up. Sports by Fry. Obviously, you can find me social media everywhere. You can find uh, JLo. Not at that, but I'll happily pass on any compliments and messages to the great man himself. Yeah. Thanks for sitting down uh, once again. Same time next week. Absolutely. Chip you in it. Chip your...